I got one right here. Thanks so no, much. No, one coffee. Sure. No, no. It's too hot. Eh? It's a bit hot for coffee. <laughs> I had one this morning no, already. That, I mean, there are people who, who I mean, who, who would say, give me mm-hmm. coffee yeah, in when the heat. it's too hot. Yeah, no, I'm not like, 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 it's a bit of a misleading title, actually. I think a better description would be something along the lines of a supervising producer, because yeah. that's essentially what what a commissioning editor does. And actually, I think in other parts of the world, what I do is labelled as such. So what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Real Podcast with Andy. Um, today we've got a special guest. Um, his name is Quentin Krog. Krog, yeah, eh? Or, or Krog, if you want Krog, to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quentin Krog, um, he's um, from Mnet. So I'm just going to let Quentin introduce himself. What's up, Quentin? How's it, Andile? Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, um, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for, I mean, for, for just opening up your time. Um, I know that you just flew in today um, to, um, to I, I believe you, you, you went into a set or something. What's happening? Yeah, it was a set visit. Yeah, so, well, it's a, it's a good segue into what, what I do at Mnet. So, um, uh, I have the title of a commissioning editor. Sure. Um, it's a bit of a misleading title, actually. I think a better description would be something along the lines of a supervising producer, because yeah. that's essentially what, what a commissioning editor does. And actually, I think in other parts of the world, what I do is labeled as such, uh, yeah. a supervising producer. I think in France, they also call it commissioning editors in some European countries. Sure. But essentially what it is, is um, it's very much like producing, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm involved from the beginning stages of a concept or a pitch coming into the building that in my case now is the multi-choice building. Sure. Um, uh, where a, a pitch will go through all the different levels of, of um, sifting and finally get an opportunity to propose something to to the channel and then if we commission it and we decide we like it and it gets assigned to me then it will be on my portfolio and there's there's about in just in my team there's about four or five commissioning editors just for uh specifically afrikaans scripted content Mm. there's a whole batch of commissioning editors who work on reality and um, non-scripted uh, sure. content, sure. and that's another four, odd, four or five odd people. And then this is just for Afrikaans. Then yes. you get for local interest channels like Zanzi Magic, um, a lot of the Africa channels as well, um, that have their own teams of commissioning editors. So there's mm. quite a lot of us, and our job is essentially quality control to a large extent. We, from now getting the job commissioned, We'll first sit with the producer and the potential writer and uh, basically flesh out the story so, a bit more. Sorry, sorry, mm. f- sorry for cutting you. So no. you say potential writer. What do you mean? Because when, it, when, I mean, when the story comes, I believe that there's a writer already. Yeah, so, so you... either, well, not always. So sometimes you'll get a producer who's sitting with a batch of ideas. It's like a one-page mm-hmm. concept, right? And he'll have a writer in mind that he wants to pay to fully develop the script but that's where we come in is we'll provide the finance for developing that script so the producer can pay the writer to develop a full couple of drafts and basically that's now everything from a feature film to a drama series or a comedy series and um, essentially that's the first phase is just getting the script into a good um, 
solid place that it feels like this is going to work. Yeah. And then if we like where the script is headed or, or batch of scripts for that matter, sure. then we'll go like, okay, we're going to commission them for production. Sure. And that's now a whole nother contracting phase where we'll, you know, receive the producer's budget um, based on a, on a rough figure that we give them that we're willing to, to budget for. And uh, we'll approve that budget through our finance department and um, then we go into contracting, get the contracts drawn up, and um, essentially then it's off to the races for the producer. And then I'll also have a say in, um, you know, who the key people are in the creative team. So who's directing, um, who's the key talent in the cast area. Mm. Um, we, we, we don't micromanage, but we basically just say, listen, we don't agree with this or that because either this director is already working on that or that cast member is mm. going to be showing in the same time slot on another program that you're planning to do this. Or, sure. you know, we'll, we're basically looking at a big picture sure. um, of the, the channels and what's happening at the same time. Sure, sure. And then while the shoot's going on, it's my job to do like today while I'm here went to go uh, check on, on one of the feature films that are busy shooting under my portfolio. And just to see that no one's burning the place down and that the producer's <laughs> giving food yeah. to the actors and the crew and the yeah. extras and that um, it's being managed well and that not, there's like no red flags. Sure. Um, so that if something does go wrong, I can say, listen, look, I was there and when I was there, everything seemed to be going in order. Yes. And also I'm familiar with the budget so I can see, geez, this producer, Spending too much. he asked for a million bucks for, for cameras and here he's shooting on a tiny little DSLR with a single lapel mic, like yeah. where's, all the, where's all the camera money gone? Sure. You know, so I can just make sure that our, the money from the channel is being spent properly. Wisely and nice. yeah. so, so how long does the process take like then, like when someone, um, um, like how does it work? Do you guys usually have like um, um, terms where you accept applications or someone can just like send the application or any time or, or off, off the year? Like how does it work? Yeah, so I just want to just say that question again. Okay, cool. So basically, um, how does it work? Like does it usually, um, you guys have like um, terms where each and every single year where you have terms um, where you accept applications or um, people can just like submit applications as, as as they wish, like right through the year. Yeah. So across all the channel clusters, um, you know, from Mnet to CakeNet, Mzanzi, all the channels, basically, they'll go through different phases of the year where you know we'll get a a, a message from management saying, listen, we want to put out a tender um, for producers to pitch. Uh, we need 18 months from now or whatever the case may be, we need a nice big new telenovela or we need a nice big new drama series or comedy, whatever the genre may be. Mm. And then in-house we'll compile a brief essentially um, with, a, with a submission date deadline and then basically uh, distribute that amongst our, our mailing list, our network of producers in the country. Sure. And sometimes, you know, that can spread to other producers who are not on that network. Sure. And then basically that's an open tender and it's, it's a, what we call a solicited proposal, you know, because yeah. we are actually looking for something mm. uh, that the producers bring to us. Um, 
outside of that, uh, we have a thing called unsolicited proposals, which is also there's the there's a submissions portal on the Mnet website uh, for all the channels basically, and you can go on there any time of year and submit your your pitch, your idea, your concept. Um, you've got to check some boxes and and agree to some terms and conditions, and that's basically multi-choice's way of having um, a legal audit trail of yes. the fact that you submitted this concept at this time, and then in-house we've got a, a paper trail as well of, of how that concept traveled, just in case anyone out there is stressed that, you know, we'll steal the idea or whatever. Yes. What a lot of people don't realize, just as a little side fact, is somehow there's this weird thing in the water that you'll find years where a lot of producers are pitching similar ideas, ideas. Yeah. it's so strange there's like this collective consciousness that happens where yeah. like i can tell you last year like every second proposal started with the log line of like after the death of the patriarch of the family <laughs> the because brothers come together and you know the, like i kid you not like that was the log line of several different pitches and now if we have to take one of those mm. and you had a similar idea and you see like a year later hey but that looks like my idea you know exactly. we can go like look here's the order trail yes. you submitted it through the portal on this date it went through this um this series of sure. sifting and it fell out here so this wasn't your idea in fact here's the idea so you know it's yeah. all very like properly done down the line and sure. um, those are the two ways in a nutshell basically solicited and unsolicited solicited you're taking a bit of a shot in the dark because it means you know we're not actually looking necessarily for something like what you're pitching um, a, a better route to go your chances are slightly higher if you um, you know submit during that tendering phase of yeah. and you then specifically cater your pitch and your concept to that brief because we're very detailed in the briefs that we give. You know, we'll say we're looking for a drama series aimed at the youth market um, uh, in this demographic. Uh, here are some references of overseas shows like whatever, Stranger Things or sure. This Is Us or whatever the case may be. And then we'll kind of try and give the producers an idea of the type of show we're trying to create. And um, so the closer you can build your concept around that, thing that the channel's actually looking for, the better your chances of actually getting picked. That's a quick question. So guys, um, so you don't, you, you, I mean, you don't go back to the un, un, unsolicited, what? Solicited or unsolicited? Unsolicited. So like those who like who submitted their, I mean, their, their, randomly, I, their yeah. ideas randomly. We do like, sift through those as well. So, so, the, so yeah, because obviously we're also looking for the next big, big hit that no one ever thought of in yes. a genre that's completely left field. So those things do get um, checked checked and sifted and reviewed by all of us so it basically goes through a process of elimination some people will you know submit something on the portal that's like doesn't even have a proper outline or it's just someone really taking a shot in the dark and yeah. it's like what is this this isn't even a proposal it's someone who actually is a mechanic by day and is like oh, i'm gonna write the next movie and then yeah. pitches something terrible you know so yeah. those things get sifted out really quickly so and then the sort of the cream of the crop come to the commissioning editors yes and then we as a team uh, review all the all the ideas we literally read through everything and um and we score it and basically say like aligning with the channel, this would work well with our audience, whether it's gonna to go to Showmax or Mnet or CakeNet or Zanzi. 
And we basically, so I'm part of what's called the Mnet Content Hub. Yeah. So, um, so we push the concepts come to us and then we develop it and we produce it and then the basic final product will push to a certain channel. Oh, we'll okay. use that channel's money to create it, obviously, because sure. we're knowing where it's going to end up, but, yeah. but that's how it works, yeah. So for those who just, um, like, because I know there are a lot of people like who just, like, submit their ideas, like, randomly, mm. like, like um, I mean, like, in terms of, like, like how many people, how many um, projects have you guys done, like, that, that were submitted, like, randomly? Have you... I have no idea. <laughs> That's a very yeah. difficult thing. Yeah, so I've only been at Mnet for like a year now. Yeah. Uh, literally yesterday was my one-year anniversary. So, sure. um, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. The, I got, when I started there, I got handed over a bunch of things that were already either in development or at the beginning of their contracting phase or were about to start shooting. Sure. And in the course of the last year, I've seen about three or four rounds of of proposals come in, some of them unsolicited and some of them uh, based on a tender that was put out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess what, everyone, what everyone would like to know, like how, how long does that process I mean, take for you guys, you know, like let's say um, you put a tender out there and then you put a proposal, like how, how long does it, does it take for you guys to actually reach out to the selected yeah. Um, um, so it'll basically the tender will go out. Let's say it goes out today. I think rule of thumb would be a month to two months, which I think is a little tight. Like I actually want to um, chat to my manager and see if we can't push that out a bit, especially if it's you know tendering to a specific type of brief. I think um, you know what a lot of people don't realize, or I think anyone who's out there listening that's a writer will understand. It really takes long to craft something good, mm. of good quality, even if it is just a concept or a pitch or a summary or an outline. You know, you really got to think it through. Don't just rattle something yeah. off. So, I, I, anyway, let, let, to cut a long story short, it's roughly two months, I think, at the most, before the submission deadline. So that gives the writers and the producers a month to two months to come up with something or pull something out their back pocket and then submit it on the portal. Yes. Then it takes us uh, anything from a month or two to manage to go through all the stuff because, you know, we're not just sitting there waiting for proposals. Yeah. I've already got on my slate um, roughly 22 projects going just on my portfolio of which two of those are contracts for like 14 short films and another one with 10 TV movies. So it's actually more like... 30, 40 odd different titles I'm managing alone on a daily basis, which is quite a full-time job. And then now I've got to read submissions and I've got to read scripts for all those things that are being developed. I've got to watch their offlines. I've got to be part of their presentations. I've got to do set visits. So it's a hell of a Just crazy like, job. So anyway, we need about a month or two just to like squeeze in an hour to like read a batch of, of, of um, submissions. It usually takes longer than that. We have about Anything like at the end of last year, I had to go through about thirty odd. Yeah, so I mean, this is very very interesting. Mm. You know, when, I mean, when, when I mean when I when I started in the industry, I actually thought that commi commissioning editor. I actually thought that is someone from Mnet who does the editing and stuff like that. In the beginning, yeah, like it's, when a, it's a terrible time. Like when I, when I started yeah. in the industry, that's what I thought, you know. But as time goes by, get to know, okay, cool. There are the people that commissions, you know. Mm. 
projects and stuff like that. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I think it's because yeah, we handle the commissions and through the whole process from scripting to shooting yes. to post-production, we're, we're like another editor in a way because we're editing. Yeah. I guess that's how they came up with the title. You know, we, we're constantly giving notes and feedback. So yeah, um, basically from when we, as the commissioning editors, receive the, the pitch, bearing in mind it probably took a week or two, maybe longer for the content coordinators to sift through all the junk first and, and bring out the good stuff. Um, I'd say it's, we get usually about a two to three week turnaround time where yeah. our line manager will say, listen, I need you to, yeah, so our line manager will usually give us about a two to three week turnaround time to read anything from the latest batch I got was about 20 odd submissions. Now I think it's been sifted down from at least a hundred or more. Um, they go month by month. Yeah. Um, and so roughly it can be anything between 20 and 30 um, proposals that we'll have to read, uh, each and every one of us. So, and it's not just only I read your idea, it's me reading your idea and another five or six other commissioning editors also reading your idea. And then basically we'll score it individually, private, like without knowing what the other person thinks of it. Mm. And, um, and then our manager will basically go back and look at all the scores and go like, okay, so the general feedback on this concept is really bad. Everyone's saying it's kind of not good, so it gets rejected. Um, uh, or there'll be some outliers where you've got like a split between some people really like the idea and other people are just like, no, this isn't. Then there's like the people who, the commissioning editors who really liked an idea get to kind of fight for it and go like, you know, I think this is a great idea because we haven't seen something like this or this is really fresh. We should, you know, take a bit of a risk here. Maybe it could be a good idea. Um, and then it kind of, we discuss it. It's a democracy, um, yeah. you know, and then there'll be, concepts that everyone loves and then they'll always go through and then basically we'll whittle it down to like anything from three ideas to 15 ideas depending on how much content we need at any given sure. time and and remember this is only to develop scripts right so um this is to approve script development it's not necessarily going to make it all the way to production because sometimes what you find is it's it's a really great concept and great idea in principle, like as a one-pager. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, this this could be a cool series or a cool movie or whatever. And then a couple of months down the line, after we've commissioned them to develop this idea, often what will come out is we'll see, geesh, but this, you know, it's just not translating. And what you pitched us is not really... Yeah. coming out on paper in the full feature-length script. And, you know, you first said it was going to be this kind of idea, and then halfway you kind of changed it to something else, and now it's feeling like a whole different film. Yeah. Or the general quality of the writing is just not that good. You yeah. know? And then, then we'll often have, we'll finish that development contract, we'll pay them out, it's done, but then it won't necessarily go through to... Um, yeah, so then... But uh, to cut a really long story short, so the from when you've submitted your pitch or proposal on the portal to you actually getting a message that says thanks but no thanks or we'd love you to come and pitch 
Um, so how does the pitch, like when they say come and pitch, how does the pitch look like? Like what are you expecting? Yeah, I'll get to that now. Okay. So the, 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 the time frame could be anything from, I'd say it's probably at least three to four months um, from when you submit something to actually get some feedback, maybe even a bit longer. Yeah. But I'd say that's a thumbsuck um, thing. So now, if you do get the message, um, hey, we've received your pitch, we really love the idea, we think it would be a great fit for Showmax or Mnet or whatever, um, then you get invited to kind of either, the, it's recently we've changed it to a video pitch. So you can do a video pitch where basically, I think in no longer than five to seven minutes max, you need to elaborate a bit on your idea, possibly put in some visual references uh, and just flesh it out, make it, because it goes from like whatever you submitted on paper, which could also mm -hmm. have some pictures, but this is also just an idea to get um, uh, from our side to see like how, how well do you know your own idea sure, sure. and how well do you understand what you're actually trying to see because we want to see you talk about it. More like a visual treatment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not just that, just in how you communicate the yes. idea across. You know, does, can we see that like you live, eat and breathe this concept and you know exactly what it's meant to be or you kind of like, yeah, so, you know, I've got this idea mm -hmm. and it's this guy and, you know, <laughs> then we're like, okay, sorry, no. Yeah. It's like you got to look like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to be an amazing presenter. Obviously, yeah, sure. we're not expecting writers to be public speakers, but we just need to get an idea of, of who we potentially going to work with yeah. and, and get into bed with for the next couple of weeks and months. Sure. Um, and then those, then we also see has the concept kind of got a more fully formed thing around it uh, or a more fully formed vision around it from when we saw it on paper to you presenting it visually then um, then basically that's your final round will be like say you've gone from pitch to semi-finals to like you're now in the finals um, you know and then often what happens is we need a, a batch of concepts so if you were in the top 20 and you get whittled down to like the top five, quite often what happens is we'll go, we're going to do all five, you know, these three might be a good fit for Showmax. Mm. These other two would be a good fit for CakeNet or whatever the channel may be. Um, and that's how it works. And then basically we, we sign you up. Um, we so give you money to, to write the script. Sorry, you, say, you, say, you sign them up as after they've done the presentation. Yeah. So if they pass the presentation, yeah. that, that's the final stage. Yeah, so then um, from the video pitch, basically, um, you might have to pitch it one more time to some of the higher-ups in the building that have to make the final call. Um, that can sometimes be either in person or nowadays even over uh, a, a Zoom or also, yeah. a, a Microsoft Teams, um, like a video meeting where you'll kind of share your screen. Um, ideally, it's in person though, but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then, and then it's off to the races with just developing the scripts. So, you know, then, then it's a process of a couple of months of getting those scripts into good shape and my job as the commissioning editor would be to be reading every phase of the scripting or of the development phase. So I'll, 
we'll start with an outline, a bit more fleshed out from what the concept was. And then from the outlining phase, uh, you know, we'll ask you to do like a proper beat sheet or something close to something looking like a full draft, but maybe just beats, uh, like a, a scriptment is another way of, mm. of referring to it, where it's kind of a blend between a script and a treatment, but you haven't written dialogue yet. Um, and then start to mold and shape the story according to, you know, just broad beats. And then when I'm happy and the writers are happy and the producer's happy and it's like, okay, cool, go into full drafts now, then, then the writers will produce the first drafts. And then usually after about the first or second draft, you know, we'll see as the commissioning editors, listen, this is, this is not really shaping up the way we thought it was going to be, but, um, you know, we'll, let's finish this round of drafts and then we're going to call it quits. We finish the contract, we pay out everything, and then, and then we'll shelve those scripts if we don't really think they, they, they're very great. On the other hand, which is mostly the case, um, well, I'll start seeing in the first or second draft phase, listen, this is looking good. I'll talk to my line manager and say, so we, we need to produce this now. Let's find a TX window. Or sometimes the manager will have a TX window in mind for a series or a mm. telenovela. And then we'll What's be developing according to that I'm sorry, deadline. I'm sorry for, mm. for cutting. What is a TX window? TX window is a broadcast window. TX is another oh, way of saying okay. it's going to broadcast live on television. Oh, okay. Or in the case of one of our streaming services, it's going to show up on that streaming service on this date. Sure. Um, that's what TX means. Okay. Um, and so basically, sometimes we'll develop according to that deadline, you know, especially if it's a tender that we've put out and we know there's a gap coming up like... 18 months from now that sorry, we need to fill. once again. Mm. So as soon as the script like is confirmed and everything is done with the development, and then that's when you come up with this TX window, then you like put some sort of like a um, um, calendar. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. Okay. So sometimes that TX window will already be there before they've even started writing. Oh, wow. okay, cool. So then the writers are writing to a deadline, and okay. um, which is is usually the case. Actually, a lot sure. of the a lot of the more well seasoned writers or you know, something going into a second season or a third season if it's a series or if we're trying to make a TV movie for a specific public holiday like Mother's Day or Heritage mm. Day or Christmas Day. That's something we've been starting to do now where we specially make a movie, a Christmas movie, or we sure. specially make the one I came to visit now is our Mother's Day movie that's going to come up oh. now in May. Um, you know, so those are kind of event-driven sure. um, deadlines that we're chasing. Okay. And so often, you know, the writers will have to work on that deadline yeah. um, because you've only got so much time uh, to produce, I mean, to shoot it and to edit it and to write it. So then we reverse engineer it from the broadcast date mm -hmm. and make sure that there's enough time for everything to get done in that time. I hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then now you're going to production, then you prepare for production. Yeah, so now if the scripts are in good shape and we're happy, then we'll basically contract the producer to actually shoot this um, concept, this script, um, if it's or a series say, of scripts. Let's say if it's a series or, series or something like that, you just contract them like for one season. Yeah. And then the second season will depend on how the... Yeah, it, it's happened before. I've actually, one of the things on my portfolio is season five and six together of a, a crime drama. Um, so as you can hear, it's into season five and six. So it's a well-established sure. uh, brand already on television that the viewers like and they want to see more of it. 
and its producers and writers we're comfortable with and that we've worked with. There's a good track record, and so we know we feel safe enough to do two seasons back-to-back with them in one batch. Yeah. Um, it's an exception to the rule, but it does happen um, where, where you'll get more than one in, 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 yeah. a, in one go. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, just a quick question. Um, so when you, come, like, when you find the project, right? let's say I have this idea, then you got like, the idea, you go into um, to development and all, the, and all those phases you find. And what are the terms between the, between the producer or the, my production and Mnet? What like uh, what's the deal? Because it's my idea, mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Because of you guys have funded it, is it gonna automatically become? Are you gonna guys own who owns it? Yes. Because you're funding it. Yes. Because no, MS is funding it now, yeah. even though it's mine. So so there's two different business models, right? There's sure. there's a fully commissioned model. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, they're not happening so much nowadays, um, but a pre-sale model or a licensing model. Sorry, sure. that's another one. Um, so how that works is let's go to the licensing model. Let's say you've produced something on your own dime My own money. with your own money. It exists. It's, it's a program or an episode or a feature film. Mm. Mnet had nothing to do with it and you have it and you want to license it to Mnet to show on any of our platforms. That's one completely separate business deal. And that's essentially all it is, is it's a licensing deal. So we'll pay you a licensing fee to show your your project that's already created, it so, exists. So at, at that point, I must come with, with I mean, with a fully fledged, I mean, yeah. season. It's, of, if it's, it's a, if it's a, if it's, it's a, done, yeah. if it's, it's a series, it must be a fully fledged, completely complete done. Season. Yeah, you, you've basically you've done your final online, you've exported it. It's a product. Product, okay, right? Cool. You're coming, you're bringing your product to us that's already done, that's and you say, license. are you interested in showing this on any of your platforms? What are the terms when when it comes to licensing? So basically, you'll, you'll negotiate that with us, right? You'll sure. say, listen, uh, this is the licensing window. Uh, you know, we'll, we, we'll have some standard stock contracts for stuff like that already. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally dealt with a licensing fee yet, but it'll be a stock contract and we'll say, listen, we're paying you this fee to, to show your, proj- your movie or your series in this broadcast window from the 2nd of February 2023 to the 2nd of February 2024, we have exclusive rights to show your project on one of our platforms. An exclusive right would be a slightly more pricey from our side to pay you, mm. or it would be a non-exclusive license fee, which means you I would basically... Netflix if I want to. If you want to, yeah. But then mm. that means, you know, for us it's competition, like are yeah. they going to watch it on Netflix or are they going to watch it on Showmax yeah. or whoever... So there's different types of deals within that deal, right? Sure. So that's the licensing fee. Sure. So, so, sorry, for a licensing deal, let's say um, I have this idea, I, I get my own money, I do it my own money. I can bring it to you guys anytime. I have no window, like I say, during the summer, I can bring it to you guys anytime. No. You, you, you'll, be more than, you'll be more than able, willing yeah. to look at it. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And look, if the quality is of a good, obviously quality is the first thing we're going to look at. Sure. Is, does this look like an amateur student film? Yeah. Or does it look like top-notch, sure. high-quality stuff? And if it's a great story with great characters, highly entertaining, and this goes across the board. I mean, it's not just... Um, fictional stuff, it can be documentary, it can be uh, entertainment show, reality, whatever. Um, We'd be more than willing, if it's a great, high-quality product, 
uh, we'd love to to see if it can fit on one of our channels. Anyway, then you you, you own full rights to that. That's yours. You yes. made it on your own dime. You paid for it, blood, sweat, and tears, and you did it. Yes. Now we're just owning it for a short window. Not owning it, but basically have the rights to show it. Yeah. Um, either exclusively, exclusively or not. And then it goes back to you, and you do whatever you want with it. It's yours to to exploit. Yeah. So that's the licensing fee thing. Yes. Then you got a thing called a, a pre-sale, which generally um, uh, works with movies, and then they also do co-productions in multi-choice with other countries, um, where multiple, uh, you know, entities are actually funding one project, mm. where you'll get like a French broadcaster and maybe one in the U.S. that's interested, and then multi-choice all joining forces to produce some other idea. That's yeah. like on an international level. Those are really big, high-budget things, um, and those are very complicated technical deals. Yeah. Um, and that usually comes through a, a well-established producer or production company or sure. even um, studio for that matter. Yeah. Um, then you get the pre-sale thing, sorry, which I was trying to get to, which worked quite well for quite a long time in South Africa, specifically with feature films, um, where um, a producer will have an idea for a feature film. And what will happen is he'll go to several different entities and get funding for it. And basically, so he'll get money from an investor privately. He'll get money through some other corporate deal here, and then he'll also he'll secure funding to develop this idea, sometimes all the way through development and have an actual script. Mm. And they'll come to Mnet and say, listen, here's the script for a movie we are producing. Do you want to buy in? And then that's what we call a pre-sale, where we'll give a portion of the money mm. to the producer to get the movie made, like actual shooting and editing and get, so, it, get so, it all so done. It's, it's a movie that they already have money for. Yes. But they just want... They, just they want need to... some extra because maybe okay. you're going to get a rebate from yes. the DCI as well. Yes. And so when you put everyone's money together, including Mnet's money, yes. now you've got a nice budget to actually make your film, right? Exactly. Yes. And then it's a pre-sale deal. And so that comes with a, a variety of different... Um, um, uh, uh, legalities to it. So yeah. basically Mnet's buying in, they, they're pre-buying the movie essentially, right, before you've made it, mm. which means they'll have some form of exclusivity over it for a certain period of time to show it on their platforms. Mm. But you're still, before it even comes onto one of our platforms, you're able to take it to cinema, travel to film festivals, exploit it, there will be a waterfall scheme um, for, for the profits um, going to you and other investors and eventually to Mnet as well. Mm. Um, and there will be various types of contracts that you can so, negotiate. So, so it's so, a part, so, partial ownership. So the pre-sale, that's my, that's my um, I mean, Mnet, it's, it doesn't belong to Mnet. Mnet has no rights. Besides the rights. No, they have besides, some rights. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. the rights, like, I mean, their rights are limited. They limited. can go, they can go yes. that far. Yeah, so you can still, you can potentially negotiate remake rights or like to remake the movie in a different language sure. or maybe you can negotiate character rights for, you know, Almost to, like to I have sequels. more say. Yeah, you've got more power, yeah, right? Okay, and okay. Um, like if you want to do spin-offs or sequels, maybe Mnet will say, hey, give us right to first refusal yes. so that first bring it to us and if we're not interested you can go somewhere else you know yeah. what i mean so there's a lot more flexibility yeah. with that said there's a lot more risk for the producer right because if you make a feature film that's 
not really done well at the box office and cinema is really tough not to crack nowadays. You know, it's a high risk uh, business model. Okay, yeah. so, so you've got to basically get all these people their money back, right? Mm. And hopefully make a success out of it. And that's not always a done deal. And, and movies are notoriously um, risky business investments. Yeah. So, um, so that risk is then sitting like with a lot of weight on the producer to actually make a success of, right? Yeah. So that's the pre-sale model. It's not happening so much anymore, to be quite yeah. honest. Like since COVID, um, you know, I mean, cinema was already on a bit of a decline before COVID. Yes. And I think COVID just kind of like ripped the carpet out from under everyone and it just yeah. like gave it a bit of an acceleration to a bit of a disaster. I mean, do I think movies aren't going to cease to exist? No, I think cinema is going to exist long into the future. I think it's just going to become a way more niche um, form of, of consuming entertainment. Sure. You guys want to... Okay, cool. So yeah, so like I'm saying, cin I don't think cinema is going to die, but it's it's not what it used to be. So to do a pre-sale and to try and fund a film on your own in your own steam and with your own strength and with investors, I think you're going to have a notoriously difficult time nowadays yeah. trying to get a feature film made independently. Yeah. Is it possible? Absolutely. I think there's some people that just you know, don't mind losing money and they'll do it for the love of it. But um, mm. it's a business and, and you need to make one. a profit. And, and yeah, so making it independently is very risky nowadays, you know, to expect people to pay big money to go sit in a cinema. And I think people are spoiled for choice on their home TVs nowadays yes. you know, and online. And it's um, anyway, so that um, are you good there? Um, and then so that's fully, the pre-sale fully commissioned then sorry there's way more than three I, I don't know why I was saying three yeah but then so from that business model you get uh, the fully commissioned model yeah which is what I've been talking about mostly the process of you know getting uh, a pitch submitted and um, then us funding that script development and then funding the production and then putting it out, paying for advertising, marketing. That's called a fully commissioned model, whether yeah. it be for a television series, a documentary, a feature film. Um, and essentially, multi-choice or Mnet is paying for everything yeah. from beginning to end. They're taking all the risk, you know, because the idea might be a complete failure or disaster, then yeah. they're carrying that failure on their shoulders financially. And essentially what, what's, what's happening there is we're paying for it from beginning to end. So uh, there's very few exceptions to this rule, but basically you're signing away the idea and the concept and the rights. So I'm signing, I'm signing you're away. signing away everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. that I mean Even that. though it was your idea and, and yeah, it makes um, sense. it's... Everything is funded fully from beginning to end, every last cent by Mnet. So yeah, that makes sense. To Mnet, it only makes sense that they own and retain all the rights to exploit. So, so I have so, no rights. No. No. So basically what's going to end up happening is you're a producer for hire with the idea you came with. Because mm. especially if it's a tender we put out and we're going, we're looking for this idea. You bring us the idea. We pay for it. You produce yeah, it. You bring yeah, the product. Sense. 
you move on to the next thing, yeah. you know, and then we take that product and exploit it across all our platforms and try and make money back. Oftentimes, so, it's so a failure for, for a on Mnet side, then. you know. So, so they lose sometimes. For, my, for me, as a production company or as a, as a producer, what am I getting back? Because just shooting the movie mm. wouldn't be enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you put a tender out there, right? Yeah. And then I bring you guys an idea and then you love the idea. Mm. Give the money to shoot the idea, mm. not giving me the money for the idea, right? Giving no. me the money to shoot the idea. And but, then yeah. what am I getting back as a producer or as a production company if I'm, I just gave you the idea? You just gave me, it's, it's almost like you gave me work. Yeah. Yeah, well, you could look at it like that, I suppose. So basically, I'm getting nothing for the idea. But no, work. no. So you, you basically, if you manage your finance as well and you did a good shoot and you managed to negotiate a nice producer's fee, you know, that's also, you build that into your, your budget as a producer. You build in a producer's but, fee, which but, is essentially a... But the problem I, I have you yeah. on, 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 my, on my neck, because you're going to come into my set and then you, I said, I, I, I quoted you guys for an other Alexa or Red, or yeah. red Cam and then I end up buying like a, yeah. a 5D and then you come, you come to set yeah. and then you ask me, where is the 5D, where is, yeah. where is the Red Cam? Yeah. You know, how, how, how can I save money like that? How can I save budget like that if yeah, so there's someone like a commissioning editor? Yeah, so that's on. the idea is to submit your budget from the beginning and be as transparent as possible. You know what I mean? Like don't say you're going to spend money on this and then you don't and you spend it on something else because back, back at the ranch in the multi-choice building, mm. we also have to do an audit of the money we spent on you and, and trusting you with finances to basically bring us a profit later on. Yeah. And if you've mismanaged those finances, you know, then, you know, the contract, there's contractual terms that, that you have to deal with there. So, 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 so basically, you, you, you're putting out a work, we are putting out a work tender, right? And then you offering to do something for us on that tender, you produce the product and you move along after that. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a business transaction. Sure, but you know? do you think it's fair in, 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 in that sense because you, Putting out a tender, right? Mm. Like like any other in any other tender, right? Yeah. Um, I, I spend like three to four to five months. Sometimes I spend a year yeah. writing that idea. Yeah. Then I'm giving. Well, well let me give you some advice and, on that note. So if then, you've yeah. And then I I, I submitted I submitted it to your product, and then you chose it. Then after you chose the after you chose it, yeah. then I still have to pitch it to you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still have to pitch it to you. Yes. Then after pitching it to you guys, maybe by a video, then I have to pitch, let's say I have to pitch again mm. in a physical form. Like yes. after that work that I've done, yeah. was that just for a weekly salary? Yeah, I like, hear you. You know? I hear you. So, so a smart producer or a smart writer will, will basically figure out a way to create something more out of what they've done, especially if you're talking about having spent weeks, months, years on an idea, right? Yeah. Um, that happens to fit in with one of our briefs. The advice I would give that producer or writer would be get some form of intellectual property created in that form outside of the multi-choice Mnet umbrella, whether it be a little short form story in a book form or a play, mm. or a, a short film, or some, have some form of intellectual property that you own, that mm. you did out of your own, that you can say, look, this 
concept or these characters have existed outside of of this window of time that I'm working with with Mnet or MultiChoice sure. or Netflix or whoever or Amazon. Mm. Um, if you've got something to prove and say, like I've I've put blood, sweat, and tears into this, and it's a it's a piece of intellectual property that exists already, then it's a lot easier to negotiate, right? Because now mm. you can negotiate maybe character rights. Um, to take your lead characters from the story and do a spin-off or a sequel or create a different stream of income. Um, you know, what you can do, uh, for instance, is like if you've got an idea for a story that can exist in theater, you know, which is way cheaper to produce than yes. then go do that get get the get the stage play done out of the way for much cheaper um or uh get a get it published as a short story somewhere or like i said short film you know anything that's already existing yeah. in in time and space with your idea specifically sure. if you're that passionate about it and you really want to like exploit it in the long run um then you'll have to do it outside of out of outside of Mnet's umbrella sure. because especially if it if it came through us and it's just a page yeah. you know or just a pitch or a sentence or a picture and a yes. and a paragraph like how much work have you really put into it you know what yeah. I mean like and and you potentially most of the time the stuff that comes through Mnet is stuff that people only thought up because of the brief that came out yeah exactly right? that's they're true. trying to create an idea that fits what we are asking for yeah. so then how how much blood sweat and tears did you really put into yeah, it it's, it's 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 like it's like um tv commercials like um clients would give you a brief yeah you know and then a yeah. director would do like a visual yeah. treatment it's so similar it's, it's similar similar like that it. director turning around saying yes. but how do i've got no rights now on this commercial i'm yeah, exactly. like okay it but makes sense we, it makes so much sense yeah, like, yeah. we 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 gave you yeah. a tender it's yeah. it's a contract it's it a job sense. You move along, you get to employ a bunch of people for a certain period of time. Everyone puts food on the table, move along to the next one. If you do a great job, you know, we build a great history with you and a great um, relationship, then the work keeps coming. And then essentially you're putting food on the table for many people for many, people for many years, you know, and that's how a lot of producers and production companies yeah. will actually um, build great relationships with multi-choice. Yes, yes. You know, you're, you're trying to create a sustainable career, right? Yes, for sure. Um, if you want to be that guy that, that's got this one amazing idea and you're going to die and fall on your sword for this idea, then, you know, <laughs> go for it. Like, you're not going to yeah. get very far, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's like, true. It's, so, um, it's, not a, it's not a very... I'm sorry. It's not a very wise way yeah. of, of looking at creating I mean, work. I'm glad that we're having this conversation because these are the questions that people. I mean, these are the questions that people have yeah. that they. I mean, they don't have. They don't have access to answers to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Saying so, you're answering all of these questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean, my last question now would be, a pilot. Where does the pilot come in for proposal for a, a job? Like, was it explain all these things? Yeah. So I, you know, um, but I didn't hear anything that has to do with the pilot. Yes. Yeah, so. Pilot would be an exception to the rule, especially one that we're funding. Yeah. Um, I think usually that'll come out if they're really looking at doing like a very high budget thing um, and they just want to see like, is this going to work out with the team? Sometimes they'll do a pilot for like a big soap opera or a telenovela that's going to be a big 
multi-million rand contract for a long period of time, sure. they'll, they'll need something more than just a, a script or whatever. And either they will fund that themselves, like as Mnet, we'll, yeah. we'll put money into a pilot, which will be a, obviously a smaller budget, and sure. go like, let's test this concept out first and see. Sure. But I would honestly say that's the exception to the rule. We don't yeah. do that very often. It's, in Hollywood, it's a different story. I know in the, in the U.S., you know, they've got a, such a thing called pilot season. Yes. But we're not working in that world. So, yeah. you know, it's not, a, it's not a common thing. We're trying to save money. Okay. And, um, yeah, we'd um, rather put that pilot money straight into development or straight into production. No, um, um, this was a very informative and educational um, 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 episode. I'm really excited, I mean, to even, like, I mean, to, to watch it myself after we finished here, you know what I mean? Cool. So um, thank you so much, um, Quentin, for your time. Much appreciated, man. Thank for, th thanks for just opening up your time. Um, I see you've got some friends there. Um, yeah, all the way from Nigeria. All the way from Nigeria. <laughs> um, nice to meet them. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll chat after this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much, man. Any last words? Um, you no, know, to, I think um, to um, film producers just to, and, yeah, any of your listeners out there, uh, like don't underestimate story and scripts like good movies and good series and good whatever is um is good writing you know yeah. you, it's difficult to it's very difficult to make a bad movie out of a good script mm. um but it's very it's almost impossible to make a good movie out of a, a bad script or did i switch it around now yeah. yeah, if you've got a good script, it's very easy to make a good movie. If you've got a bad script, it's very difficult to make a good movie. That's powerful. So just put all your time and effort in, in honing your craft as a writer, if, if that's part of your, your um, expertise. Yeah. Otherwise, get to know good writers, because good writers come up with good stories, and that's where it all begins. Like, don't, don't get fooled by the glamour of cameras and red carpets and, and, and I'm shooting a movie, like, no, like, go, go, go to the paper. Like, that's, that's where good stuff gets created is on paper. Thank you so much, yeah. bro. I appreciate it. That was like Quentin Froch. Kroch. Kroch, yeah. Kroch, that was Quentin Froch, um, commissioning editor from Mnet, guys. Um, amazing episodes. Looking forward to this one. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on this episode. Um, see you in the next one. Thanks, Andile. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.